It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another episode of Bucks and Sticks, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast brought to you by Fans First Sports Network. My name is Stephen Dorf, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Hershey Winkleman. Check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at BucksAnd6FFSN. And then you can find this and all of our other podcasts on either Apple or Spotify. So be sure to check those out and leave a rating and review. Hirsch, uh, Bucks extend their win streak to five with a 132-119 to victory against the San Antonio Spurs. Um, unfortunately, we didn't really get to see, you know, the Victor Wembanyama Giannis kind of, you know, debut matchup. Uh, however, though, this Bucks team seems like they're setting uh, milestones and breaking history uh, left and right, man, or setting history and breaking milestones, whatever you want to say, man. They have been playing good basketball, Hirsch. Um, Damian Miller drops his first 40 point game as a buck, man, uh, scores his 20, 20,000th point uh, in the NBA very early in the game. Hirsch, it's been a good uh, five, last five games, man. So how did you feel about tonight's victory over the Spurs? Yeah, definitely good to see. I mean, you know, going into it, I think we were both pretty confident that, you know, it wasn't going to be much of a contest with or without Wemby. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, you know, he was out and that's pretty unfortunate because I, I was, you know, kind of excited to to see those two match up. But I guess we're going to have to wait till later in the season when they match up again. But yeah, just just about Dame, um, you know. I've been kind of pointing out all year that, you know, he, he has historically gone off to pretty slow starts. Um, basically every season of his, you know, prime. Um, and it's around December, January, February, where Dame really starts to turn it on. And we're, and we're seeing it right now. I mean, he's kind of in this stretch right now where, I mean, it's, it's vintage Dame every night. Um, and that's not really, really what we were seeing for the past like two months. Um, so I think, you know, 
for all the fans that were like, oh, the trade wasn't worth it and all the stuff I've been seeing on, you know, social media about all like, and people like Bill Simmons saying that the Bucks have, you know, it was a bad trade and we depleted our depth and all that stuff. It was, it's good to see that, you know, Dame's finally showing out, um, putting up these big numbers and, I mean, really showing that, you know, John Horst made a, made a good deal by putting these two guys together, Steve, because these offensive performances are remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dame over his last three games alone, 57% from the field, 50 from three, while putting up 37 points a game. So, I mean, he is playing at the highest level you could really imagine right now. Again, very small sample size, and this is not, you know, sustainable play throughout an entire season. But for him to show that he can kind of string together consecutive games like this, um, very promising. And it's kind of, yeah, like what, like John Horst was planning to do this whole time. It's like you set or you get guys like Dame and you get a guy like Giannis and you put them together. You should have like, in theory, it should be the best offensive duo. And I think right now it kind of like these, these last five games specifically, it's really shown why that that is. Um, and I mean, also just like, I think it's also helpful for Dame to play with Giannis because, you know, a 14-point game when he's on, you know, the Blazers or a six-point game when he's on the Blazers and he's their number one option is, you know, pretty inexcusable. But, you know, when when you can kind of hide him as, you know, the second option, sometimes even the third option, and then he can have nights like this where he just explodes and it's like, all right, well, if he's going and we still have Giannis who's out there and he's, you know, having a having a career-high 18 assists, I mean, what like what what are they going to do? And obviously, you know, we are playing against the Spurs. They're not a very good roster. I mean, we've talked about that, um, you know, on previous pods and, you know, going into this one. I mean, you, you look at their team. I mean, they got Trey Jones out there. They've got Sohan. They, they, they're, they're turning the ball over left and right. So, I mean, obviously not a great team, but to still see that Dame can just explode like that. I mean, I think he had, what, 19 points in the first quarter. It was like five of seven from three. So, I mean, he's just he's just super explosive. He's really I just think he's also just really cool. Personally, I think he's a really awesome player to watch. So, yeah, he is really cool. I'll give you that. But yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, a team like the Spurs, we, but these are the teams that we were really struggling with, you know, right out the gate for really a majority of the season. Um, we're starting to finally see us like, you know, beat down on these teams that we should have been all along. And, you know, we've been kind of saying that it was going to take time. And it, again, it's starting to kind of feel like it's really, really clicking. And, you know, you just want to see this level of play kind of keep up and, uh, you know, Damon Giannis specifically to just play at this high level. Uh, you know, like you said, Giannis set a career high in assists uh, and, you know, did that in a triple double as well. That's his 37th triple double of his career. I believe the second of this season so far. Uh, yeah. And tonight just felt like a night where Giannis was really able to just collapse the defense and, uh, you know, kick out to guys or find the backdoor cutter with, you know, relative ease whenever he wanted. Um, and you know, that those are the types of things you expect to do. Uh, you expect Giannis to do in these types of games. Hirsch. Yeah. And I think, you know, the big thing about, you know, that is that, you know, that that's a really successful formula when your guys on the perimeter are hitting shots. Right. And, um, you know, we've seen nights where, you know, the box simply can't hit their threes. Um, and we've we've seen before, you know, in previous seasons with, you know, Mike Budenholzer's let it fly philosophy that, you know, this is a team that, you know, did like to live by the three and die by the three as much as, you know, Giannis is attacking the basket. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, when, when guys like Dame are, you know, exploding from three, when Bobby Portis is having a night like he's having, when Chris is putting up 20, Stuff like that. I mean, Giannis, it's not hard for Giannis out there. It's really not. All he has to do is get two feet in the paint. He's going to have, you know, two guys sent at him every time. T 
teams have to do that. There's no one in the league that can guard him one-on-one. And he he's literally, he's unstoppable. I mean, we saw him drop 64 literally like two nights ago. And now he's out here, you know, dishing 18 assists. I mean, he's showing that he can really do anything and everything that he wants to. And he's out there, you know, being a menace defensively as well. So, yeah, I think Giannis over the last, you know, week or so has really, has really started knocking on that MVP door again. And obviously we know we've seen him win two before Um, might be some voter fatigue there, but I know that MVP, you know, that discussion starting to heat up and I think Giannis should definitely have his name in there. I mean, just by, just after what he's done the past couple of weeks, I mean, this is, it's incredible stuff to see him have a scoring output like 64 and then almost have 20 assists like the, like the next day. It's like crazy. Yeah. And I think, you know, you know, alongside voter fatigue, him being a Milwaukee buck, you know, playing on a small market team, that definitely affects, you know, the MVP race, but he's definitely up there. He's definitely top three right now, if not top five. But um, I think that really just speaks on, you know, who Giannis is as a player and how versatile he really is. I mean, you know, you're used to him taking 20 plus shots a night, scoring 30 points Uh, tonight. He, you know, only took 12 shots, had 18 assists um, and really felt like our primary playmaker. Um, When Giannis can do that, and then you have Dame going off for 40 and, you know, you have other guys like Brooke Lopez, uh, you got <clears throat> um, Bobby Portis, sorry, you got Chris Middleton, you got everyone on this team hitting threes, hitting all their shots. It, it's a winning formula. And it, it's really what this team is going to kind of, you know, ride and die off of is that Giannis and Dame duo. Um, I understand that we haven't seen that pick and roll to the extent that we wanted to Hirsch, but again, it, it's, Giannis wouldn't be Giannis if he couldn't, you know, run those ISOs and collapse the defense like he does. And that's kind of just showing right now, Hirsch. Well, I mean, also with the pick and roll stuff, I mean, it, it, like what, what they're doing already is like working offensively. I mean, when you look at the box offensively, we're, we're putting up, you know, a lot of points. And regardless, Giannis and Dame are both having, you know, great seasons. Um, and we're seeing a lot of pick and rolls with, you know, Brooke and, and Bobby with Dame. Um, primarily as the pick and roll, which, which I, I don't have any problems with. I mean, Brooke and Bobby both have proven that they can, they can run that and Giannis can be on the wing, uh, for a kick out and then he'll just drive in and have a dunk or something. So, I mean, I don't really think there's any problems with, you know, the way that the box offense has been running. And, you know, I think with Chris back too, I mean, I think that that really does help and he's been playing, you know, some pretty good ball recently at a 17 point game. Now he had a 20 point game. Uh, so, I mean, Steve, I know we kind of talked about, oh, we're not going to, you know, see the the old Chris Middleton again, the 20 point per game Chris Middleton really again. But, you know, recently he's kind of showing that, you know, maybe he might be back to that, you know, fringe all star level that, you know, he's been at. And, you know, we've seen him make two all star games, but, you know, he's he's been relatively a fringe all star for the past, you know, seven years now. So he he might be getting, you know, back to that sort of sort of level that he was prior to his injury, Steve. Yeah, and he totally is. And I remember, you know, that one game where he got hurt and had that Achilles soreness. I, I was, you know, pretty devastated as I thought, like, this is going to be something that lingers and, you know, it's going to it just might be, you know, more serious than it actually was. But, you know, thank God he's back. Uh, and in the month of December, specifically in these eight games that we've played so far, he has been great. Hirsch. He's putting up 15 points a game, uh, shooting the ball at a high clip, 50 percent, shooting the three very well at 45 percent. So, yeah, we totally are starting to see, uh, at least on offense, the old Chris Middleton, just not to the extent just due to volume. I mean, you have Damian Lillard, you have Giannis taking shots away from him. So 
it's just, you know, this is what it is right now. He's going to be that, you know, third guy that we have uh, a jack of all trades. As I like to say, he's going to be able to, you know, dish a little bit rebound and hit shots. Yeah. And I mean, we also have Brooke too, who, you know, does take a lot of shots as well. And defensively, I mean, Steve, I think, you know, ever since the Bucks really dropped into that drop coverage against, you know, the Knicks, that first week or so of the year, Bro- Brooke Lopez defensively has, has been a different animal. And I know, you know, early on in the year, I was talking about, oh, the league might have caught up to him. But I think that was just based on, you know, how the defense, how we were playing defensively, um, you know, six blocks. I mean, that that's, that's Brooke, Brooke defensively has just really shown that he he's an anchor and he's, he's really reinvented his game, Steven. I think it's really, really impressive to see just kind of how, Brooke Lopez's NBA career and his story has really shifted from, you know, being that offensive threat in the paint back to the basket score to being like a, a three and D center. I think it's very, very interesting and also kind of inspiring. Yeah, no, very, very like, I, I mean, we, how rare is it to see something like that? I mean, you have, you know, I think another example of something like that is Blake Griffin, right? Where he was known as the super athletic, you know, dunker pretty much. And then goes to Detroit and becomes, really just an all around, you know, playmaker back to the basket guy. And, you know, Brooke took a different path. I mean, we, we, you know, scooped him up from the Lakers that one year and he all of a sudden could shoot threes and be one of the best low post defenders in the NBA. Um, I mean, the, Hey, that's, <laughs> that's, that's Brooke Lopez for you. And I think that kind of is just really a testament to how hard of a worker he probably is. I mean, just to, to see all these guys, you know, who were low post scorers like Al Jefferson, uh, Jaleel Okafor, even who was a young, promising player, just kind of fall out of the league because of the, because their games just didn't match with you know what the NBA was evolving into. Uh, it's really, really impressive to see Brooke do that. And I don't want to say that it's necessarily a Hall of Fame career, but it is really, really special to see what Brooke has done throughout his career. It's definitely special, Stephen. I know you know we talked about you know how how our young guys have shown some you know specific promise. Uh, coming, you know, in in these past few games, especially with Andre Jackson being in the starting lineup recently, um, and I know we talked about kind of in the last podcast, like what does Malik Beasley's role kind of look like? Um, but he was, you know, kind of he was thrust back into the starting lineup, kind of like I predicted, um, even after you know missing a couple games. Steve, what do you? I mean, I know you're you're pretty anti Malik Beasley in the starting lineup, but. I mean, I, I just think the AG has, you know, so much confidence and loyalty in him that I, I just, tr- I think that personally, he's probably going to stay in the lineup for the rest of the year. Totally looks that way, man. I mean, like, yeah, I, I wish that at, at this point, Andre Jackson, because I mean, that man has been playing good basketball and we, we talked about Andre Jackson's inability to shoot or whatever, but dude shooting the ball really well. He's shooting like 45% from three heading into tonight hit, you know, goes two of three. I mean, how can you not want to start a guy like Andre Jackson? He's like clearly a better defender. And I know he's inexperienced and a little aggressive at times, but he'll figure it out. I mean, he's playing with, you know, career elite defenders in Giannis, Brooke, whatever. So he'll learn. And um, I, I just think that while Jay Crowder is out right now, because I still think Jay Crowder would be that ideal fifth starter. I'm, I'm kind of with you on that as well. But for the meantime, like Andre Jackson, man, he, he makes the right plays a lot of the time. Uh, he's just he's just a little aggressive. And I think him being next to Dame in that backcourt will just allow him easier shot opportunities, you know? 
Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I'm with you in, you know, the fact that I think Malik Beasley would definitely be better in a role off the bench where he can focus on his scoring uh, pretty much wholeheartedly because, you know, as the primary perimeter defender, he has to, you know, when he's in the starting lineup, he has to, you know, focus a lot of his energy on the defensive end. I think personally he would be a better better player overall if he's just coming off the bench and, you know, wanting to score, looking for a shot. Uh, kind of with campaign out there, you know, I think that would be kind of a nice bench duo to have. And I agree with you that, you know, Jay Crowder obviously would be the best uh, best option when he comes back, but he's not back right now. And I think, you know, until he gets there and I, I even when he comes back, I, I don't, I don't really see a uh, coach Griffin putting Crowder in the starting lineup. Really. I, I think he's like super loyal to Malik Beasley. And I think Beasley kind of has that um, all tied up right now. Yeah, I mean, it totally looks that way. I mean, you know, missing two games and Andre Jackson played very, very well in his place. You'd think, hey, maybe this guy has a shot. No, yeah, he he really is standing on that. Malik Beasley is going to be that primary lock. Uh, he, he That's his thing, I guess. Um, I, I, again, like I, I think, it, you know, the numbers say what they say. Like he is not a good defender. He is a great offensive shooter. Uh, he's, he's good at getting open off the ball. He's, you know, good at scoring with the ball in his hands as well. He's just not a primary defender and trying to make him that it's just, it's just not who he is. And it takes away from him as a player. Hirsch. I just think you'd be better off putting someone who will put a hundred percent of that effort in on defense and be elite at it or potentially be elite at it. Why not go with that? Why not go with that upside? Right. Yeah, I mean, I I tend to agree with you. I think, you know, with with the offensive talent that we have out there in the starting lineup, we we don't really necessarily need another offensive threat. Obviously, it is helpful to have, you know, five four guys that Giannis can kick to uh when he's driving with, you know, a fully healthy starting lineup of Malik Beasley, Lillard, Chris, and uh Brooke. I mean, all three of them are above average three-point shooters and can, you know, hit those, knock those down easily, but I tend to agree that, you know, it's going to be difficult in the playoffs, especially guarding, you know, these these fantastic wings like Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, all these guys that are in the, you know, Eastern Conference, even a guy like Donovan Mitchell. It's like Malik Beasley's not going to be able to to guard him at all. So it's like, who, who, like, how do we kind of deal with that? And, you know, we have to kind of look at it, at it on a bigger level and kind of look at it in terms of the playoffs, because obviously the Bucs are going to make the playoffs. It's just a matter of kind of who do we play and how do we play against them? And, you know, this whole regular season is kind of just experimenting and trying to figure out, you know, what what's the best kind of combination out there that's going to be able to guard as well as, you know, play efficient offense, Steve. Absolutely. And I think with that, we're going to take a quick break, Hirsch. Um, and then we're going to come right back and talk about the uh, upcoming game against the Orlando Magic on Thursday. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back on the Bucks and Six podcast. I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Steven Dorf. And we're going to preview the upcoming game against the Orlando Magic this Thursday. Uh, Steve, the Orlando Magic are, you know, a pretty surprising team this season. Uh, 16 and 9, currently the four seed in the East. I don't really think anyone going into the year would have expected that. Um, you know, I saw on a lot of power rankings charts prior to the season that, you know, they were projected to be the 12 seed in the Eastern Conference and they are clearly out uh outperforming that so far this season um and not to go on top of that i mean we lost them earlier on in the season pretty handedly 112 to 97 uh mo wagner and jalen suggs both had great nights so we were unable to contain you know a couple of role players on their team and we couldn't really contain their stars either so this steve this one could be difficult i mean the magic are clearly a pretty good team i i I think this is, you know, a game that the Bucs are going to really have to put some effort in if they want to win. Absolutely. I mean, the Magic have a plethora of young talent, Hirsch, right? Especially in that guard area. Uh, Markel Fultz is coming back most likely for our game. Like you mentioned, Jalen Suggs went off on us. And then they also have a really great scoring guard in Cole Anthony. This team has a lot of guys they can go to outside of just Paulo Bancaro and Franz Wagner, Hirsch. Um and yeah, like I said, at the guard position, a position that this Bucks team has specifically struggled to de- uh, to defend. Uh, the Magic are definitely a team that I'm definitely a little worried to uh, face right now. But this Bucks team, you know, like we've talked about in the first half, has been playing elite basketball over the last five games. Um, but it's going to be a tough game against this Magic team, Hirsch. Definitely, and when you look at you know the Magic. In their last five, um, you know, they're they're two and three, so they've you know struggled. They obviously beat the Pistons, but so does everybody. Um, and they beat the Cavaliers, but they also lost to the Cavaliers, and the Cavaliers haven't had the you know the best season either. Uh, and then two tough losses to the Celtics. Obviously, you know, you can't really blame them there. The Celtics are juggernauts, but yeah, I mean, I think when you just look at their overall team, I mean, 18th offensively, so they're I mean, they're not great, but fourth defense is pretty good. Um I think, you know, they, they they could definitely cause us some problems, especially with, you know, that wing duo that you mentioned of, you know, Paolo with scoring 21-7-4 and four, and then Franz with, you know, 26-4. and four. So I think both of those guys, you know, can cause real problems. They did in our first matchup, and I think, you know, containing those two I think is going to be the, the main issue here because, I mean, Mo Wagner and Jalen Suggs can do whatever they want, but if you hold, you know, Paolo and Franz under their averages. I think, you know, that's a good recipe for success. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, based off of, you know, recent trends heading into this game, I, I think that, you know, a li- this team, this magic team is a really, really quality team and they're going to come at you with a lot of energy, but Bucks fans, you know, should be feeling confident based off of how we have played Hirsch. I mean, in the last five games, our offensive rating is at 128, which would put us at the highest in the NBA by a solid margin right now. Uh, the defense has been at a 115 uh, 115 uh, defensive rating. So that puts us right around average, Hirsch. Um, this Bucks team has been playing really, really good basketball. And this Magic team has been playing not as good of basketball in their you know recent games. 
uh, that that's something that Bucks fans should feel really confident, especially heading into this game. We've been clearly playing with some chip on our shoulder, something with an extra edge. I haven't seen us come out flat in a game, which, you know, seemed to be a big issue in this first Magic game. And, you know, if we can come out strong and, you know, really play these guys tough, you know, if we make our shots, this this should be a game that we can win. But the Magic are definitely a team we need to take seriously. Definitely. And when you talk about, you know, the Bucks improvement defensively, you know, over the last, you know, couple of games or so, it definitely seems like we've been forcing a lot more turnovers as well. And the ball pressure has been a little bit better. Um, and I think, you know, that that's kudos to Adrian Griffin, because coming into the year, you know, we he, he was preaching about ball pressure and, you know, getting more turnovers, getting out and running. And that, that's really starting to work, Steve. I mean, we're starting to, you know, get a lot of steals out on the perimeter, force turnovers and get out in transition, which is, you know, proving to be very successful. Um, but looking at the magic, Steve, I think, you know, the main question here is, you know, are, are they truly this good? And are they, you know, are they going to be able to sustain this level of play throughout the rest of the season? Because, you know, as the four seed with a very young roster, it seems to me like it's going to be pretty difficult to sustain, you know, throughout the entire year, um, especially with, you know, all-star break coming up and stuff like that you know, a lot of things can change with the trade deadline as well. So a lot of moving pieces, possibly we've seen some big names uh, coming onto the market, possibly with, you know, Zach Levine and stuff like that. So guys could be on the move. Uh, you know, the Sixers could gain a piece or the Cavs could gain a piece. The Knicks could trade for somebody. And all of a sudden, you know, the Eastern conference gets a lot stronger. So, you know, with that being said, Steve, are you, do you, do you really think, you know, they're good enough to sustain? And I, do you think they're going to end with a top five seed in the East? Uh, I mean, they totally could be. I mean, right now, when you look at just the Eastern Conference as a whole, I mean, you you can clearly say the Celtics right now are probably a lock for at least the one or two seed. Uh, then you have us and the Sixers. The Sixers have been playing great basketball as of late. Uh, and then, yeah, there's teams like the Magic, the Knicks, the Cavaliers, a team that's been dealing with injuries pretty much all year. I think that if they get healthy, they're a team that could really kind of make a case for that four seed, uh, as well as a team like the Miami Heat, you know, Heat culture, all that. Um, and then you got the uh, Indiana Pacers who I don't necessarily think will be, you know, there quite yet. I think that, you know, offensively they're there, but at least, you know, in some aspects, but defensively, they got a ways to go. I, I could see the magic finishing anywhere from four to five or sorry, four to six. Uh, but likely I think that the magic could hold it up if, you know, I, I think that they have the talent Hirsch. I mean, they're just really young. I think the playoffs is where they're really, really going to struggle this year. Just being that they're such a young team. So do you think they're more on the level of like the Pacers where they're like on the edge of, you know, being truly solidified? Or do you think they're more like the Cavaliers where it's like, oh, like if they get hot, you know, they could be dangerous, could could possibly knock somebody out? Ooh, I think that, you know, just being that they're more of a defensive oriented team, right? I mean, we've talked about them being the fourth defensive, you know, rated team in the league this year. I think that, you know translates more to playoffs rather than a high paced, you know, style of play with what the Pacers do. Uh, so that alongside them, just, you know, being in a situation where they can clinch home court for at least the first round. I, I think that the magic would, yeah, definitely have a better chance of winning a first round matchup. Yeah. I'm, I'm not with you on that one. Um, I would argue that, you know, I, I don't really think they're, you know, at least contenders at all. Uh, the, at this point, I don't think they're going to end with the top four seed. I think eventually, you know, this is going to kind of fizzle out and we've seen them, you know, struggle, you know, as of late. So 
I'm not necessarily 100% convinced. Um, but, you know, you do make some good points about, you know, their youth. I think, you know, with a couple of years, this team could be, you know, extremely dangerous, but they're definitely going to have to figure out, you know, something with that guard trio. Like you mentioned, you know, Markel Fultz is coming back. They have him, you know, young guard. They got Cole Anthony, young guard, and they've got, you know, Jalen Suggs. They're definitely going to have to figure out that um, going forward because you're not going to be able to pay everybody, especially with those, you know, fantastic wings that they've got there. Um, and they're definitely looking for some for a big man as well. I mean, Wendell Carter is like fine, but definitely could look for an upgrade um, if they truly want to be contenders. But I think, you know, they're definitely, definitely showing that, you know, they can at least be good in the regular season, Steve. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's just kind of what they've been doing this year. I mean, you got Paulo Bancaro. I think he's definitely a guy who can be an all NBA level player. I mean, he was the first overall pick last year one rookie of the year. So, you you know, like that that's someone that you kind of can build around and he's making jumps in year two. And then Franz Wagner, I mean, just a really solid wing translates perfectly to today's NBA can really do it all. Um, Yeah. This magic team is really solid. Hirsch. I'm going to stand on the fact that I think that they are going to be somewhere between the four and six seed. And I really do think they have a shot of being that four seed and getting that first round uh, home court advantage. So with that being said, what what's your what's your prediction going into this one? Do you, you know, do you kind of think that the Bucs are gonna, you know, take this one, or do you think it's gonna be back and forth, come down to the wire kind of a game? Ooh, I think that I mean, just based off of what I've seen from our last, you know, four or five games, I think that we're gonna come out strong. Um, I, I I'm just I'm gonna go in with the assumption that we're gonna continue to do what we've been doing until I see, you know, something else. I mean, so I think that the Bucs should come come out strong. Um, I think we can beat this team by – I think we can beat them by double digits if, you know, we we have a good shooting night. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think, you know, coming into this one, we'll probably win by, you know, 10 to 15. Uh, don't expect, you know, a huge blowout from either side, but I could see it, you know, being close um, totally. with the defense that they play. I mean, I think – It's a good team in general. Offensively, too. I mean, I don't really see how we're going to be able to stop like stop all their guys, especially with our perimeter defense as like throughout the year. Yeah, and and, and this is also a team looking to kind of get back on track and get back into that you know two seed, three seed, potentially one seed conversation. And what better game to do it to you know against a team that's ahead of you and that's looked at as better than you? So they're definitely going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, they know they can beat us. So it, this is a game that the Bucks need to kind of go in and continue to do what they've done over the last five games, man. It definitely should be a good one, but I think that should be it for today's episode of the Bucks and Six podcast. Uh, make sure to leave a like, download, subscribe, and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Bucks and Six FFSN. I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Steven Dorf, and let's go Bucks.